0: You've tuned in to the Get Connected podcast with Mike Agarbo, and it's a great program today. Later on, we'll be talking about a cool app for Android Auto that allows you to load other apps like web browsers and even YouTube, so you can watch your favorite videos while you're parked. Also, we'll be looking at working from home and the security risks to companies. Your Wi-Fi router is probably not giving the the best security that your company would want. we will tell you about the dangers and the way to protect yourself and to uh, protect your company's information. It's time to get connected. We have an awesome program for you today. Of course, we're all things tech, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Later on, we'll be talking about uh, Android Auto app downloader. This is a... uh, uh, a new way to expand the capabilities of uh, your Android Auto on your screen. A lot of cars have this now built in.
1: Yeah, and this is something that's uh, I just came across recently that is very easy to install, and it just really expands your what you can do with your touchscreen in your car, so whether you're waiting for your kids you know, at their sports games or whatever, or in my case, I'm in a, my electric vehicle, and I got some time to kill while I'm waiting for the car to charge.
0: So tease us. What are, what are some of the things? You can watch YouTube. Ah.
1: You have a web browser on your touchscreen. You can watch movies, play back your own music from your off your phone directly. Into, I mean, you can do that already with Bluetooth and stuff like that, but this just gives you a lot more options and flexibility.
0: And this will work on any Android Auto? Yes. Very cool. Uh, we will also be talking about security. A lot of us are working from home now and bringing our work laptops, which has caused huge security risks for companies, uh, essentially, because uh, at home, our home networks are not as robust as the ones at our work.
1: Or the passwords aren't as robust either.
0: Well, we're going to tell you uh, what this means and how you can... uh, secure your uh, your home setup up a little bit a uh, little bit better john let's talk about some of the tech news a lot of stuff going on this week uh pretty exciting times one of the big announcements uh it looks like amazon is going to buy mgm for 8.45 billion dollars this hasn't totally gone through yet but it looks like it's it's going to happen
1: yes so what does that mean though are we going to get james bond movies on amazon prime video i think so
0: yeah uh i think you know if you look at how things have have changed, it's so funny, right? Because remember when Netflix started streaming, you know, eight bucks a month and you had unlimited movies and TV shows and how everyone said that's going to be the death of cable. And well, what is old is new again, really. Do you know what I mean? Like all these streaming services, like the Amazon and Netflix are basically becoming the big studios and, and cable providers now. Yeah. Essentially. And so MGM, they've got James Bond, they've got Lord of the Rings. They've got a whole bunch of different uh, franchises so to speak that I think Amazon's really going to start biting into and Amazon's actually uh, developing a Lord of the Rings TV show right now as well now they got the rights to it all. N- well <laughs> now they're going to make even even more money there are literally 4,000 films and 17,000 hours of uh, TV so uh, this is going to really help Amazon compete against Netflix and Disney Plus
1: well it's funny because you remember when Prime Video started it was just kind of like all the, uh, you know B and C class movies that you've never heard of. Yeah. And the really awful documentaries that were like shot with a handy cam.
0: They've got great stuff now.
1: They do. Yeah. Yeah. They've been pouring money into it. And you know uh, I actually (laughs) lately I've been using Prime Video more than uh, Netflix. I I gotta be honest. Yeah. Me
0: too. Like I'm really enjoying some of their their content. That new Invincible uh, animated series. You were telling me about that. By Robert Kirkman. He's the same guy behind uh, The Walking Dead. It is really good. This is not a kid's <laughs> animated series by any by any stretch. So uh, we'll find out more next week about all the details and you know if and when it's going to close. But uh, another chapter in uh, the the change of uh, how content is uh, made and streamed uh, in the world. Uh, talking tech news here, John. Uh, this is another big one. Uh, Ford has announced an electric Explorer, a very popular. Uh, uh, I guess, SUV in their line.
1: Yeah. They're, they did the F-150 a little while ago, or about a week ago, I guess. Yeah, that,
0: that looks exciting.
1: They're going all in, and they're trying to really compete against Tesla.
0: Yeah, because I want to get a, a truck, because I, I want to get a bigger trailer. You know, We want to do more kind of camping, uh, my wife and I, and we want something a little more glamorous, but with glamour comes larger size and weight. Yes. So my SUV can't tow that. So the only thing, and I want to go electric, the only thing really available was the Cybertruck.
1: Which isn't really available yet.
0: No. It'll be coming out, they say, later this year, which is exciting. But it's nice to see some choice now. Yes. Some competition. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they do with the Explorer. But I think, you know, all the major car manufacturers are going to be going down this road in the next uh, couple of, uh, of years. Uh, speaking of electric vehicles, Transport Canada is looking to extend the federal uh, rebate to used electric vehicles, which I think is, is great because... Uh, up till now it's only been available for new cars and there's a lot of uh used evs out there especially like the chevy bolts and things like that
1: yeah steven one of our content producers he got a really great deal on a used bolt but i don't think he qualified for any of the rebates because it was a used vehicle and now potentially he
0: could uh just looking at some of the numbers uh an analysis by clean energy canada shown that more than 100 million dollars of the almost 300 million in subsidies uh, so far have gone to tesla owners
1: not surprising there's just so many of them on the road right now
0: yeah but anyway i think this is going to to help uh, the used market as well and i get more people into the whole uh, ev world
1: well that's one thing i was really surprised is the the used market for uh like even my kia ev they go back to two, 2015 and they're a hot commodity people are selling them all the time on the facebook groups that i see because uh, they're upgrading to a newer model that has a longer range and that type of thing but people still want those older ones that still have great range and Fantastic battery life still.
0: I'm going to get geeky here quickly. Uh, USB, the, you know the cables we use to basically connect everything, and also there are power cables now as well. USB-C is kind of the standard, and the nice thing is that it's uh, interchangeable. It doesn't matter what side you put it in, right? Yes. Which is it's great. Well, they've uh, bumped up the spec now uh, to allow these uh, USB-C cables, or the newer ones, to actually handle uh, output of up to 240 watts of power. Which is a great thing.
1: It's huge. That's that's uh, more than enough to do uh, to, to power Apple's new iMac, which has that proprietary kind of like garden hose connector. That's yeah. Magnetic.
0: Right. So so when you look at the, a lot of the desktop computers and stuff out there, yeah, they've got giant cords. You know what I mean, like electrical cords. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they're not that giant, but USB-C cables. I mean, they're tiny. Yes. And being able to handle. You know, the full amount of power that goes through them, that's going to be amazing. This is going to make things a lot less messy.
1: Yeah, well, we were already starting to see that with like GAN chargers and things like that, where it's much smaller, much more efficient, and they can pump out a lot more power and charge lots of devices. And now it's only going to get better.
0: I want to talk about how work has changed over the past year. And John, uh, you probably have Zoom fatigue
1: A little bit, yes.
0: I I can't even tell you how many uh, video calls I'm on uh, for meetings uh, a day uh, over the past year. It's been kind of crazy. But with the change in how we work, there's uh, some security risks that we have to be aware of uh, as as well. Uh, As uh, we are working remotely, we're still accessing a lot of times uh, data from our company over the internet, uh, you know, to cloud servers and servers back at the office. Uh, We are going to be talking with a great guest. His name is uh, Michael Howard. He's with uh, HP. He's uh, head of security and uh, analytics uh, practice. And uh, they've done a recent survey just uh, looking at uh, how work has changed and some uh, really interesting stats. Thanks for joining us, Michael. You bet. I'm pleased to be here. So, Michael, uh, just in a nutshell, before we kind of dig down, how concerned should businesses be about overall security uh, for their company and just uh, the employees accessing all the information?
2: Yeah, it it has never been more heightened than what it is today. So companies should be very concerned. You know, probably the, the worst thing that we saw happen early on is IT departments and security teams lost visibility. And when you lose visibility, if you want to drive a security professional crazy, that's how you do it. <laughs> and so that just opens us up for all types of risks and, and accidents to be happening, which is, is mostly what we're seeing is just mistakes that, that employees are making.
0: Well, it's interesting, right? Because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, most companies supply their workers with laptops or computers, and obviously those are taken home now. Uh your, your study, did it show what people were using their computer for? I, I, I had a quick look at it. It looks like it's not just work.
2: No, I think we're seeing a blend where people are bringing work laptops home and we're seeing they're letting their kids get on to do uh, looking up, you know, different games that they might want to play, uh, certainly homework, Uh, And I I was talking with somebody just recently, they said their work laptop was faster than their home one. So they let their their child go on and do their schoolwork on their work laptop, just opens up a ton of risks for going down different paths and not being able to secure it behind a a, a secure corporate edge that we used to have.
0: Yeah. So you're talking about the corporate edge and that, you know, for the listeners out there, what what does that mean? Like, why is that bad that, uh, you know, they're letting the kids do their homework and download stuff?
2: Well, let's talk about, it. so the corporate edge is, so if I'm working in an office and I pretty much, my IT, my security team has everything behind this firewall if you will, um, but they're protecting everything and they have full visibility what's what's going on. They have the right security tools to monitor it. When we moved to home, what we did is number one, we took these work laptops and we put them on a home network from different ISPs around the uh, the nations. And whether those are secure or not, you just don't know. You also have all the other IoT devices, Internet of Things devices like digital thermostats, um, vacuum cleaners today that connect, refrigerators. Those are all sitting on those home networks as well. And they don't have the robust uh, enterprise-grade security that you had when you were in your office. So that's introducing risks into your business devices that you're now connecting. Well, that's an
0: interesting point, Michael. Uh, A lot of people think hackers just are just trying to hack into the servers or, you know, the, the laptops or computers themselves. But uh, some of the, the big ones in the past few years uh, have gone after things like printers or the HVAC system. And, uh, John, you were talking the other week about...
1: Yeah, there was a, a company that was compromised because they came in through a, uh, a filter in an aquarium that's in the office.
0: A connected aqu- aquarium.
1: Yeah. Because all those yeah. devices like you said, the IOT devices they're all on the network because they need to you know be able to be monitored and, and restarted or whatever, but they're also on the network and they have the uh, sometimes full privileges onto the network.
0: yeah, so I guess that's a problem like for you know your company's uh, computer guy, your IT manager, uh, all these computer laptops are at home and the security is not necessarily always the best there is it.
2: No, it's not. And, and what we do find, what we noticed right off the bat when we started providing help to companies is weak passwords, misconfigurations of these home networks. Uh, and again, a lot of IoT devices sitting on them that don't even have a password on them in the first place. So it's really <laughs> child's play to get in and, and get onto that network. And once you're there, then you can poke around and see what's interesting.
0: Well, it's interesting. One of the things in your study said that, uh, you know, half of the office workers now see their work device, like their laptop or, or, you know, phone as a personal device. So I guess they're really feeling that it's kind of part of the whole work life balance.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, whenever you're working at home and you're putting in lots of extra hours, it's much easier to use the same laptop and, and get some of your personal bill paying done or go out and answer emails to friends. Again, you might do some of that if you were in an office, but more than likely, you're going to keep that separated whenever you're in an office. And at home, we're seeing them all brought together now and letting kids on the laptops. We've seen lots of breaches that have happened because kids are out exploring areas where they shouldn't be on a work laptop.
0: Oh, my God. I can just imagine some of the stuff that they're downloading. Like my kids' laptops when you know they were younger, they were just... Infested with malware and viruses. So, what what can companies do, Michael? You know, obviously the bigger companies they've got their IT folks. Uh, some of the smaller ones might not have that. What are some suggestions you could give them?
2: Well, one of the things that we we helped companies with immediately was how do you segment your network? And most ISPs allow you to set up a guest network and a regular network, and some will even allow multiple networks. So, the first thing we did with all of HP employees is gave instructions on how you could segment it out so i have all of my iot devices all of my home stuff anybody that comes over to my house or on a guest network they cannot see what's going on on my other network and that's where my business devices are now that i'm at home and so we we worked with a lot of companies to help give that advice and then also start looking at you know the very basics of just putting policies out there education Get your employees educated on what's going on. What are What's the threat landscape today? How are they getting in and attacking? Because like you said, a lot of people think, oh, they're just coming in through the servers. They're not realizing that that one simple link that you just clicked on just exposed your entire corporation um, and it's going back into your, your work network. Um, so a lot of it is, how do you segment and give instructions to them to secure their home networks? making sure that they're using strong passwords and they're changing them regularly while they're at home. And then start looking at tools that you can bring over and you can start um, leveraging those tools with better security tools to monitor and manage what's going on in the home. So a lot of those are, we're seeing companies are just putting policies in place, locking down printers at home or stopping print from happening at home. All of those are just good best practices that you can start implementing. Like how big...
0: Uh, you know, should your business be before you start really worrying about this? Like, if I had a, a small business and I had you know three or four employees, should I still be concerned?
2: You absolutely should be because they really don't care who they're coming after today. They don't care if it's one person or a company of a hundred thousand. Um, once they're in and they can get any type of information, they're going to get it. They're going to move on.
0: You talked about these these tools that uh, companies can use. Like, what kind of tools are you talking about?
2: Well, to start with, there's like, for example, at HP, we have a tool called security manager, and we've extended that to where we can push settings out to devices in the home to lock down ports and protocols that are known vulnerabilities. So making sure that you have a printer that's at home configured the right way so it's not a security risk, giving advice uh, like that as well. But probably the biggest thing that we've been helping customers with is making sure that we have hardware enforced endpoint security software, right? So building in to our devices, which we started long before the pandemic, security features that help you with memory introspection, for example, to look for whenever you have an intrusion going on and let that system take care of itself, get it off the network and figure out what's going on. Uh, Looking for anomalous behavior. So picking uh, vendors where you have PCs and printers that you can have this hardware features built in is, is really what we're seeing companies uh, drive and, and what we've been pushing out at HP. So, you've really, what you're, the goal is, and I always tell everybody, is how do you protect the users from themselves? <laughs> and that's where you can start doing that.
0: <laughs> so, you're going to protect uh, me from myself, essentially.
2: Exactly. Well, right. So, if you, you click on a link, we don't want it to go anywhere. We want it to die right there and, and not get you in trouble. B-
1: but I mean, Mike was joking, but it, it kind of is a self awareness thing, is just, think before you click on those things that you don't know or don't recognize why they're there in the first place.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Michael, uh, this has been an enlightening conversation. Uh, Is there a place that people can go to to look at the study and find out more information about some of the tools they can use?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They can always go to hp.com and we have security links on there where they can go in and look at the new Wolf program that we have going on and the security features that we're building in. Um, they can always contact their HP account exec at any time that they want. Uh, and certainly, we will give you guidance and get you in contact with the right security professionals if you need to talk to them.
0: Been talking with Michael Howard uh, from HP uh, about uh, a recent, uh, recent survey they did uh, for Wolf Security, uh, just how crummy we are working from home, <laughs> not protecting <laughs> our, our laptops. Well, no, this, uh, this has been uh, very enlightening uh, to me. I have a company that's you know, got 25 people, so I'm uh, suddenly very paranoid <laughs> at the moment, which is probably a very, uh, very good thing. So I wanna thank you for joining us, Michael.
2: You bet, thank you so much. We're
0: gonna talk about car tech now, and specifically Android Auto. The nice thing with most new cars now is that uh, the uh, the entertainment units uh, basically can handle the two big standards out there, uh, typically Apple CarPlay, so you can hook up your iPhone or Android Auto. And essentially, that basically puts all the kind of car-related apps on your, your screen in your car. So listening to music, navigation, uh, you know, podcasts, uh, things like that. Well, uh, John, you've got a a way now to kind of up the game with Android Auto. You know, I've got a Tesla and I love it because uh, I can watch YouTube and Netflix and do all sorts of crazy things like surf the web. You don't have that same capability in like CarPlay or Android Auto.
1: No, that's right. And I was basically trying to emulate your Tesla with my electric vehicle because I used spend, you know, some time in a given week waiting for my car to charge. And I can just sit there on my phone, but like there's a, I have a nice giant touchscreen right in front of me. Yeah. It'd be nice if I could do stuff on there, but as you would expect, Google does not allow you to do that much with it because you can. they don't want you doing it while you're driving. Yeah. Right? So um, I actually stumbled across uh, some different solutions that require a lot geekier approaches, like you'd have to root your phone, basically unlock the bootloader, do a bunch of stuff, basically hack your phone. It's pretty... Oh, Tricky to do, yeah. And but I found a, a, a developer just just about a week ago released an app called I'm going to spell this out A A A D Android Auto App Downloader. Just
0: Tri- triple A D, triple A D. Yeah.
1: Just Google Android. Auto app downloader, and you'll find there'll be the first result is his GitHub page. So it's an open source project that he's created, and it will actually, it's something you can actually do right on your phone. And you browse to the download section on the phone, and it will download an, an app. You open up that app, and then it will basically ask you, What do you want to install? And it has a big list of uh, Apps that give you more functionality to Android Auto. So there's there's a few different ones, and they're not gonna it's not gonna be obvious what they do. Some of them are simple, like they'll they'll mirror whatever's on your Android phone to your Android Auto display. So you can any app that you have installed will just automatically just kind of like like a like airplay or chromecasting to a TV. Same yeah. same kind of deal, but it, it'll do that to your T to your in-dash display. And the only sort of caveat is you can only do one of these apps at a time. uh uh-huh. But you can only, you do that once a month for free, completely free. Okay. And then you can download another one next month.
0: So... So you can have multiple ones yes. a few months in.
1: Yeah. Or... For uh, three, fi- three euro fifty, about seven dollars Canadian, you can unlock the Pro account, which gives you all of the apps. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Okay. Yeah. So if it, you know, try it, see if it's going to work. And the nice thing is, is that this doesn't require root, doesn't require developer access, doesn't require any special privileges to your phone, because all it's doing is it's just opening up a sort of a side door to install apps into the Android Auto itself. And even if you have an older Android phone, it it supports, I think, back to Android 6, and it even supports the newer ones. And if if you have a problem, he's even got how to fix those problems on his website, shows you how to roll back the version of Android auto that you might have. If you have like a newer version, I've got the Android or Android 12 beta on one of our um, Pixel phones and it wouldn't work on that. So I could roll back the Android auto version on that. I just used a different phone that I had and it just worked flawlessly. I installed something called Fermata, auto which is one of the options on this download list from the downloader and what it does is it gives you uh, a new app for your display but also gives you an app for your phone it's like a controller app and it gives you a bunch of things along the bottom of your android auto display that you didn't have before one is to basically navigate your phone's media so you don't watch a movie that you've either recorded or downloaded or whatever it'll find all the movies on your phone it also lets you create your own playlists for your music on your phone. So you can have that all in the same interface. It gives you a YouTube, basically, just like a browser window for YouTube. So you can go there, you can stream YouTube right in your
0: car. Wow. And then it but also. But it's using the internet connection from your phone.
1: It, it is, yes. yes. Yeah. And you also have just a web browser, just a plain web browser. You can go anywhere you want and you can browse the web. You use the keyboard on your touch screen. Like a pop-up keyboard will show up, or you can use your phone's keyboard to enter the website you want to go to.
0: So, what about distracted driving, John? Can you use this stuff while you're driving? This is where I
1: I, I put on my stern hat and I say, don't use this while you're driving. Yeah, it doesn't prevent you from using it while you're driving uh, because basically, normally, Android Auto is restricted to apps that only work while you're driving. Yeah, but this lets you put in apps that. Will work while you're driving. So, and it's illegal. I think pretty much everywhere. So yeah. don't do it because if you get caught, you'll get a fine. If yeah. not, your car taken away. It's not a good thing. But uh, what I really liked about it was the fact that I was able to take a bunch of movies and put them on my phone, and then I can while I'm sitting there waiting at the charger, I can I can watch a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I can browse the web on a much bigger screen. The only thing that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> And this isn't an Android Auto thing. This is a Kia thing. My car has CarPlay and Android Auto. Yep. When I plug in CarPlay, I get the full width. I have a 10.5-inch touchscreen. A widescreen. Really nice, big widescreen. And when I plug in Android Auto, I only get two-thirds of that screen. Because <laughs> the other third of the screen is for things like my battery and Got the it. weather and other things that are sort of part of the car. Yeah. It, apparently, it's a bug with the Kia and apparently it's also on the Hyundai interfaces as well. So if you have Android Auto on these uh like a, a newer model car with Android Auto, you might have the same problem. It's still it's still way better than not having this functionality. Um, I just wish that uh, Key would fix that so I could have my full widescreen. Because the nice thing is, is when you're playing back movies using the browser or YouTube, you actually have the ability to scale the video to fill the full frame. Oh, nice. And so, and you have a lot of other options like subtitles, like all the stuff you would expect from like a VLC or something like that. You can actually specify in, at least in Formata Auto, what media player to use to play back this stuff, which in VLC is not normally... Accessible.
0: It's a video player, yeah.
1: Yeah, from within Android Auto. So it works just really well. It's completely free if you want just one to, to try. But there's a bunch of other ones I'm looking forward to trying when I unlock the Pro account.
0: Cool. And again, called? Android Auto
1: App Downloader.
0: If you actually want to check out uh, how we did this, uh, we've done this in John's car. We've got a video up on our website that uh, shows you uh, some of the cool things you can do with it. Uh, Again, at getconnectedmedia.com. Check it out. Don't forget to hit our contest page. We've got two contests going on right now, giving away a couple hundred dollar Amazon gift cards. And we're also giving away a TCL 20 Pro 5G smartphone and TCL 4K 55-inch TV. Go to getconnectedmedia.com. Check out the contest page, and there's extra ways to get more entries as well. Don't forget to hit our contest page, getconnectedmedia.com, giving away two $100 Amazon gift cards uh, this month. Contest is uh, wrapping up soon. Do you want a chance for extra entries? Well, we, at the end of the show, are going to tell you a secret word that will get you extra entries into the contest to hopefully increase your chances to win. Again, getconnectedmedia.com and uh, stick around just a little bit longer and we'll give you that secret word. Time to open up the viewer inbox. John, we've got some questions from uh, some of the uh, listeners and and viewers of our uh, shows. What's uh, the first one?
1: So this is, this is a question we get a lot. Um, Catherine's asking what our favorite wi- wi- Wi-Fi mesh product is. She's got uh, a house about 4,500 square feet, and she wants to reach
0: out to the patio, and she gets
1: zero Wi-Fi there now. So what are some options?
0: So uh, Wi-Fi mesh networks. Uh, these are essentially uh, router packs uh, that... Uh Give you the Wi-Fi inside your house. Uh, a lot of, of the internet service providers out there, like the Shaw's and the Telus's, uh, they will provide you with the modem to connect you to the internet. And a lot of times these modems now have the built-in Wi-Fi router uh, as well. And some of them uh, even have mesh networks. I kind of like to go third party, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I switched to Telus a little while ago, and they included some of these repeater slash mesh products. Yeah they don't work as well as third-party stuff does.
0: Yeah, so other brands out there, Netgear, D-Link, TP-Link, they make these wireless Wi-Fi mesh network packs. And these are kind of like little, uh, look like little pucks or little towers. Uh, depending what brand. Linksys is another one that makes yeah. these. And you can buy them like one, two, or three packs. And you can add to them to extend the Wi-Fi in your house. And the nice thing is that it's just one network. It's just like kind of like roaming on your cell phone.
1: Yeah, and so the nice thing about them, so in Catherine's case, if she has to um, get some additional Wi-Fi juice out to the patio, she just needs to put a puck right near that patio door. yeah, uh, And then she'll have... Probably a much greater range. Yes. And uh, then the really nice thing, like you said, is you can you can add these. Some cases, some routers even support interoperability between other brands as well. So, but I, personally, I have a TP Link Deco system. Yes. Uh, they're great because they have. Uh, they're also a smart hub for your uh, smart home products. And you can mix and match. They have a couple different ones. They have some really, you know, high end ones, and they have lower ones. When you can mix and match the lower end ones, so you can put them in like you know the far reaches of your house where you don't. It doesn't matter if you have a smart home hub there. You can just get the less expensive option without extra bells and whistles that way. But they all are, are pretty consistent. They're all pretty. So we've tested a lot of them. They're all great.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of the brands. Again, D-Link, Netgear, Linksys, uh, TP-Link. I'm using that in my house right now. I think I've got the Deco X60.
1: Yeah, you got month. the newest one. Yeah, yeah.
0: And now they've just come out with the X90. And so I think the 60 and the 90 are like the uh, the Wi-Fi 6 standard, which is the latest Wi-Fi standard. The reason why that might be important to you is if you've got a lot of connected devices in your home. Wi-Fi 6, uh, I mean, it'll give you a bit more speed, a little bit more range than the you know Wi-Fi 5. But that's not where it shines. It shines when you have you know a few dozen connected devices, smart light switches, smart vacuum, smart mowers, you know, all that type of connected stuff. It can handle all of that much more efficiently to give you the best connections, not only for that stuff, but also your laptops and your TVs as well.
1: Yeah. And then you can also just further to get a little nerdy, you can go in and, and change the quality of service settings on this product so that say your, your work laptop, you're doing all your zoom calls on, you give that the highest priority. Yeah. You deprioritize the Xbox. <laughs>
0: Sorry, kids. (laughs) Although, uh, you know, you'll go down in popularity in the house pretty quick.
1: Yeah, but maybe you put a timer on. So after five o'clock, your Zoom calls are done. Xbox can turn on.
0: Good point, John. Uh, Let's take another question from the the viewer mailbag. So we've got
1: Lorraine and she's going to be traveling hopefully uh, later this summer. And she's going to Denman Island where she's got a family campground where they don't have uh, Wi-Fi. And her daughter is going to be, I guess, remote learning uh, for the summer. And they don't have Wi-Fi there. So what can we do to help her?
0: Few options. Uh, number one is, you know, you got to see what kind of cell coverage is over on, on Denman Island. I, I don't know what would be the best coverage, whether that's Rogers or TELUS. And then hopefully you've got a really good cell phone plan. Because you can basically, if there is some decent coverage there, hot spot uh, your your smartphone data plan so that uh, your family or your daughter can basically use that for the internet on their laptop. Keep in mind, you know, I would only do this if you've got one of those plans that are like 25 gigabytes a month or unlimited.
1: Yeah, because even unlimited though, you're still going to get throttled after a certain point. So yeah. you're, even if you're doing like remote learning like over Zoom, for example, that might be pretty degraded after you maxed out, you know. So you, you also you're going to be camping there. You're going to maybe watch Netflix or something. That's just going to burn through your data so fast.
0: Yeah. It, it it won't be meant for watching Netflix or or watching YouTube videos. You're going to have to put uh, some, uh, I guess, limits on, on that essentially. But I mean, if she's going to be using it for homework, it might almost be worth it to buy another cheap smartphone and another plan from one of the the big providers, you know, that gives you a lot of the data because sure it it might be what, like 75 bucks a month or, 60 bucks a month, depending, you know, what kind of deal you can wrangle, uh, for that 25 gigabytes of data, but it might be worth it because you have that option now of working remotely.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's a good point too, though. You don't just have to basically get it for a short period of time. So don't get a contract on it. Yeah. So you might pay a little bit more for the uncontracted, uh, rate, but you know, 75 to a hundred dollars for a month or two of camping. If the, I mean, it sounds like they are going to be more like glamping maybe, but
0: yeah. Uh, So they've got a... She says it's her own property. Another option might be Starlink, uh, Elon Musk's uh, satellite internet service. Uh, I don't know how permanent you can mount something there. They're also coming out with a m- more mobile version, uh, but it's it's not cheap. It's gonna be about a hundred bucks a month or a little bit more for the service. And you gotta buy the satellite dish as well, which is gonna be $700. Seven ish. or
1: 800 bucks, yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is something to look into. And again, from what I've been reading, uh, Elon Musk says that they are coming out with a mobile version that you can take from place to place as well. Like you could take it with an RV or something like that. Keep in mind, trees are not its friend. Uh, You got to have clear line of sight to the sky. Uh, But uh, again, have a look at their website. Uh, I forget the exact address, just Google Starlink. And that might be an option. Uh, I don't know if you can get it for July in time. Uh,
1: That's true. I think it's very, uh, very popular.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to give you the secret word to get more entries into the monthly contest. Stay tuned. As we promised, we are going to give you a secret word that gets you more entries into our Amazon gift card contest. We're giving away a couple $100 gift cards for Amazon. Do some shopping. And uh, if you want extra entries, the secret word this week, John, is... Smartphone. Smartphone. So go to our contest uh, page. It's up at getconnectedmedia.com. You can see an image there of a couple Amazon uh, gift cards. Just click on that, and uh, it will walk you through uh, what you need to do. And... If you listen to
1: our other show, the app show, you can hear about our contest for a TCL 20 pro 5G phone and a 55 inch TV that we're giving away as well.
0: That again is up on our website, get, con- get connected com, And we have a secret word for that, but that's on the app show tomorrow, or if you're in Toronto, uh, Saturday night. So stay tuned uh, for that. John, I got to talk to you about uh, a segment we did on global this week, global BC. Uh, we showed some uh, cool ways to uh, make your rec room a little more fun. Uh, one of them is the Star Wars pinball machine from Arcade 1-Up. Yes. This thing has changed my life. We've had it in the office for a few weeks now, and I don't know how much work is getting done anymore. None. None. Uh, this is a pinball machine. It's, it's a digital one, so it's got a big color screen for the play field.
1: You know, I was, I was really like, how does that work? Like, it's not going to be as good. There's no way. But they found a way to make it really good. Yeah,
0: because the the reason I like playing pinball is just kind of the analog nature of it, right? Because you're feeling the ball, you know what I mean, like hit everything. So what they've done with this is they've got solenoids all throughout the machine. So as the balls, you know, clacking around on the table there, it actually you can feel it. It's physically vibrating the table. Yeah. Just like a pinball machine, a real one.
1: And it's it's a Star Wars licensed product. So it's not the actual voice actors from the movies. It's but, something, it sounds like them. But they're pretty close. Yes. Um, but it, it, they did have all the sound effects. The, this one has 10 different tables. And we're all competing for high scores on those tables now.
0: Yeah. You all beat me now, which means you are not working... <laughs> Hard enough. Uh, again, it's from Arcade 1-Up. They've got a few different models out there. This one's got 10 different tables in it. It is fantastic. It's like three quarters the size of a regular pinball machine, but it's changed my life, John.
1: So, yeah, it's a little bit more house-friendly.
0: Yeah. If you want to have it, check it out, uh, we've got a video up that we did uh, on Global BC News uh, up at our website, getconnectedmedia.com. I want to thank all the folks that helped put our show together. John, of course, and uh, Christina, our producer. And don't forget to listen to the App Show, our sister program on Sundays across Canada and in Toronto Saturday nights. See you again next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Get Connected podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or CuriousCast.ca. If you want to get in touch with us, you got to check out our website, GetConnectedMedia.com. We've always got great contests going there. You can drop us a line anytime. We'll see you again next time.